Hi, and welcome to the Paychecks Business Series podcast. My name is Gene Marks. I'm a certified public accountant and regular business columnist for a bunch of publications that you probably know, like The Guardian, The Hill, Forbes, and Entrepreneur. But more importantly, I'm a small business owner. My 10-person company provides financial and technology management services, and I'm always in need of expert advice. That includes real-life advice from real-life business owners like myself on how they're handling the challenges of running their small businesses. And that's what this podcast is all about. So today, I'm speaking to Richard Seaman of Seaman Corporation. Richard, please say hello. Hello, everybody. <laughs> so you're there. And um, so, Richard, thank you so much for joining me on this conversation. We want to talk about how you guys are navigating your way through the pandemic. But before we get there, tell me a little bit about Seaman Corporation. You, you own it, how big it is, a uh, little bit of history. I'd like to know about what, what the company does. Well, Seaman Corporation manufactures industrial fabrics for a wide variety of outdoor applications. The business was started by my mother and father uh, 70 years ago with two sewing machines in a basement selling lace around baby all diapers. So it was certainly a time when we had less than 10 employees in our business. Um, but we've been able to grow through the years. Unfortunately, my father passed away at 55 in 1978, and I've been running the business ever since. Uh, we actually buy yarns. Uh, we uh, develop unique weaves with these yarns. We formulate our own vinyl coatings and coat the fabrics for industrial applications such as truck tarps, architectural structures, environmental containment, uh, fabrics for the military, uh, single ply roofing products uh, for the construction industry. And I'm always pleased to say that with our manufacturing facilities in uh, Bristol, Tennessee and in Worcester, Ohio, we actually ship fabric into China rather than import it from China. That's an unusual story. It is. And we have about uh, 400 associates that work for us. Uh, so, uh, you know, we have a lot of families that we try to feed through the process of our our business, uh, our family business that we have. Sure. So, okay. So, for, by the way, you're based in yourself. Are you Ohio or are you a Tennessee person? I uh, am in Worcester, Ohio. You're which in is Ohio. where our corporate okay. headquarters are. But we manufacture in both uh, our Worcester facility and our uh, Bristol, Tennessee facility. Got it. Okay. Um, so, yeah. So, you know, everything hits the fan in the middle of March, the coronavirus impacts. Um, you're able to stay in business because you're an essential business, correct? That's correct. Um, and why, why is that? Do you supply essential industries? Is that, is that Yeah. Right? Well, the fabrics we produce uh, go into the uh, products like truck tarps for the transportation industry, uh, fabrics for the military, for things like fuel storage tanks and tents. And you can think about emergency hospitals uh, that are, uh, have been put up by you know, the National Guard. Uh, single ply roofing products for the construction industry for hospitals. Our fabrics are specified for uh, roofing of data warehouses, such as Microsoft, Google, Got Apple. It. In fact, as I was mentioning about China, we, we actually are supplying roofing materials for a large Apple facility in China. And we also are a selected product for food processing plants, such Got as it. Pepsi, Tyson, and then grocery stores such as Publix. So yeah, it comes as no wide surprise. variety. Yeah, no surprise why you would be essential, and that makes complete sense. So, so okay, so 
here's the best way I can frame this question. I mean, we're about five weeks into this right now because we're, you and I are talking, it's like the third week in April, okay? So explain to us how your business is different today than it was five weeks ago. I mean, operationally. What If I walk inside your place, how is the company different five weeks you know, on than it was when this whole thing started? Well, out? it's pretty significantly different. Uh, if you come into our office, you'll see it's pretty sparse. Uh, most of our salaried personnel who can work from home, we have uh, set them up so they can work from home. Uh, uh, and we use a lot of Zoom conferences there. In our manufacturing plants, you basically you are going to see a lot of safety procedures that are there. We uh, um, take the temperatures of our employees when they come in. We have social distancing. Fortunately, our operations are such that we don't have to have a lot of people all together in, in, in close proximity. Uh, so, you know, we keep them uh, spaced apart. Uh, we have hand sanitizer around that can be readily used. In our lunchrooms, we've removed tables and chairs so that we have good social distancing uh, in that area and really communicate very effectively to our associates the, the safety procedures. Uh, I would say communication, communication, communications is a bit a big part of it, uh, right at the outset of this, we said our first concern was the health and safety of each of our associates. Our second concern was to try to uh, provide support for them and their families as public policy was impacting their their families. Um, and third was to keep commerce going because we want to we want to support our customers, but we want to uh, you know keep the commerce going so we can maintain our operations and uh, have a strong business when we come out of this. How has been morale um, in the company? Morale's been very good, very good. Our um, associates, fortunately, uh, they want to come in and work for us. And I think that's partly because we're a multi-generational family business. Um, and they, you know, they see the things that we have done to support them and they want to be sure that we are a viable business and they uh, have jobs when we come out of this. So for the most part, our, uh, our morale has been uh, excellent with our people. Now, you know, Worcester, Ohio and Bristol, Tennessee are not hot spots. So right. that's a little different part of it, but you know, they're working according to safety procedures and, you know, they're just as concerned about the safety of all their working associates um, right. and the viability of the business on an ongoing basis. How about your, yourself? I mean, you took this over in the 1970s from your parents. Um, so, you know, I mean, you're, you're over the age of 50, I'm assuming, as I am, correct? Yes. So, mm -hmm. so uh, you know, as we get older, I mean, listen, there are many business owners in this country that are over the age of 50. You've been primarily working from home, but have you been, you know, how have you been managing the business yourself? Are you going into the company? Um, are you showing your face there? Um, you know, you're in a higher well, risk a, population. That's an excellent question, Gene, because there's a kind of an unusual dynamic that's going on. About five years ago, um, I retired as CEO, having been CEO for nearly 40 years. Mm. Um, and we had a um, person who had worked for us for a number of years uh, assume the CEO position, who's a non-family uh, member. Right. Uh, I've been chairman of the board and obviously overseeing the business, but trying to stay out of the way of leadership. However, uh, last summer, uh, our CEO indicated he was going to be retiring at the end of this year. And so we had to go into a search process for another CEO, which has had me a bit more involved in the business. From a timing perspective, uh, that 
search process culminated in early March, just when <laughs> all the pandemic and shutdown were going on. And uh, our new CEO started last Wednesday. So oh my goodness. we've had a transition in, in the CEO process. Mm. So I have gone into the office and, uh, uh, but not on a daily basis. Uh, I go in and, and coordinate a lot of the activity, and I certainly have this oversight and, and the onboarding of the new uh, CEO and trying to coordinate that effort. So for me, it's, uh, again, practicing social distancing, uh, being aware of the safety issues. Um, it's hard for me to recognize or acknowledge the fact that I'm in a vulnerable group. I mean, that hmm. to me, a vulnerable group would be my parents, but right. I guess it's you and me the now. same way. Boy, so yeah it's kind of tough uh you know you, you know certainly you don't feel that old you know and you're, you're in good health and you're thinking like i don't feel vulnerable but that's just it's just what the demographics you know say right you, you just don't want to get it we don't want you to just catch don't, it. obviously yeah it would be would be bad uh, so so you, you mentioned before about communication so what have you been doing to communicate to your workforce about what's going on um you know tell us a little bit about that well we have a um a very robust uh, HR function in our business. It's one of the things I started uh, shortly after my father passed away. So we have a uh, HR department that has close contact with all of our associates. We also have uh, a committee of associates uh, called Connect and Grow, uh, where they are communicating, and we have the communication infrastructure that can go out. We can we can send information to all of our associates on a daily basis. What we tried to do when this first came out was to try to understand what public policy was. What is this? How's public policy going to affect us? And By the way, when you, when you figure that out, please let me know, okay? <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> as near as we can sort through it now. You know, we're fortunate. We have uh, Governor DeWine uh, here in the state of Ohio, and I don't know if you've heard, but he's been very, very aggressive and has been certainly identified as one of the leading uh, governors in this. And, you know, he has a two o'clock news conference every day. Uh, members of this Connect and Grow team listen to that news conference to try and understand, you know, what's the latest impact. And then get that information out, both to our associates, but then let them know what does that mean to how we're operating our facilities and, and what we're going to be asking of them to help us in, in this operation of our facilities. Makes a lot of sense. Um, and, you know, I, I, you've probably never been through something like this in your lifetime. And I'm curious, it's a, it's a different kind of experience. What have been some of your takeaways over the past five weeks? What have you learned? And, and more importantly, um, what do you think that you'll, you'll use some of these lessons for in the future? Well, um, you know, I've done some reflecting on this and uh, I've actually written an op-ed about these kinds of situations and it seems like you know every 10 years we had something unknown that's going to hit us you know in the, in the 70s we had the oil crisis we had the 18 percent interest rates then we had 9-11 and then in 2008 we had the financial crisis so there's always something unknown that's coming down i think one thing i've learned is that if you're a business organization that plans to be in business for the long term and not just for short-term profitability and not just for a short-term exit strategy, uh, that you put into place those kinds of things that will help you survive things such as this pandemic. 
it's certainly an unknown. You know, we're hoping our innovation processes in the medical community will be able to get a grasp on this. We also know, just as in the 2008 financial crisis, that when we come out of this, we're going to look differently than when we came in. There's, you know, there's never going to be another normal. It's going to be a new normal. What can we learn from that? Uh, how can we be more efficient in, in our business processes? Uh, and what innovation opportunities are there for us in, in, in this new normal that's going to be out there? So we're pretty upbeat about it. Um, we're, again, we're fortunate that we haven't had any cases yet that have affected our organization and we hope that we won't but we have emergency procedures in place to, to deal with that uh, so I you know I think it's just another one of those every decade tsunamis that hits <laughs> hits us that we have to just find a way to navigate our way through yeah Richard it's I mean you, you hit it right on the head it's funny that um, every you're right every decade something like this happens and every decade whenever it, it happens, it, the story is always like, no one saw this coming. It's unknown, you know, and like, right? 9-11, uh, you know, uh, uh, the banking crisis in 2009, the coronavirus pandemic. And um, so your, your insights are really valuable. I mean, the, the, if you look at that history, there's likely going to be something else like this that will be quote unquote unknown. <laughs> we didn't see that one coming and it you know, could very well happen in another 10 years. And um, you have to prepare your business for that and you have to learn from these experiences and make sure you've got plenty of cash on hand and be willing to change. Well, I think that, you know, debt is a very, very significant part of this. I mean, companies that are overly leveraged are the company kind of companies that uh, don't survive these uh, every decade of events that we have. But when you recognize that something like this might come down the pike. What you want to do is just have a war chest available so that you, you know, you have an ability to withstand it in, uh, you have to be able to withstand it financially, but then you have to be thinking strategically about what does it mean to your business and what are you going to look like when you come out of it? And how do you take advantage of that? How do you adjust to it and take advantage of it? That's great. Cash is king. Richard, thank you so much. This is a great conversation. Your advice is extremely you know, welcome and extremely valuable. It's Richard Seaman. Uh, is the former CEO, current chairman of the board at Seaman Corporation. For more information, everyone, about what we discussed today and other coronavirus questions and topics, please visit the Paycheck COVID-19 Help Center. The address is paychecks.com forward slash coronavirus dash resources. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks, Richard, for joining me as well. This is a great conversation. Thank you, Gene. We will see you next time. This podcast is property of Paychecks, Inc., 2020, all rights reserved.